And here we are. You know, it's so easy for us, isn't it? Just take out your hand, take a piece of bread, take a cup. But can you remember the story of the Bible, what it must have been like for Jesus to go through this? My, oh my, oh my. What what a what an experience was his. My dear brothers and sisters, this is dated the 15th. I thought about sending a short note to thank you for all that you have done for me over the past year or so. Thank you so much for your love and kindness that you demonstrated toward me with your support and prayers. I couldn't be more glad to know and love each and every one of you. Now, who do you think is writing this? I'll read his name in a minute. I pray this later letter will encourage you. And remember, we are all in this together. God bless you all. With my deepest thoughts and my prayers, love, Jody Bailing. What a precious, precious man he is. And what a privilege to know him. Well, shall we, shall we eat and drink together at this time? I'm looking for my bulletin order of worship, and I don't know that. Is this, could this be it? It is? How about that? By the way, I forgot to tell you how to sit when you came back, but I think you found it. So no problem. Um, we, if you want to follow the word along, the elders are going to read two verses each and have prayer first on the bread, then on the cup. And if you want to follow along, the text is First Corinthians eleven, and the verses twenty three and twenty four, and then twenty five and twenty six. And again. You know, some people are not comfortable doing this, but, you know, Jesus is watching because he longs for us to do this because it knows, he knows as we do, we're accepting what he did for us all over again. Isn't that nice? So as the time for prayer comes, the deacons and we as elders will kneel. The rest of you, just bow your heads, all right? So, gentlemen. Brother Tim. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who is both God and man, who came to give his life a sacrifice for each of us so that we may have eternal life. As we partake of this communion service of the breaking of the bread, may it remind us as a symbol that it was the body of Jesus that was broken for each of us 
that we may have the right to eternal life. And we believe with all of our hearts that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Bless this bread now as we partake of it in service for thee, in Jesus' name, amen. We are so honored by him, are we not? Shall we together?
after this. After the same manner, also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you that you gave your son to die on the cross of Calvary for our sins. Lord, and you instituted this Passover, this communion where we partake of the wine in remembrance of the blood that you shed on the cross of Calvary. And you told us that you would not partake of it till you partake of it new with us in the kingdom. Lord, let us remember and always be on our minds, Lord, your death on the cross for our sins and the cleansing. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for everything that you have done here. In Jesus' name, amen.
as was mentioned in prayer, Jesus said, I will not touch the fruit of the vine until I can drink it with you in the kingdom. Do you suppose he can taste the grapes as he watches us do this? One of these days, Jesus will be able to do this with you. Shall we together? There's a lesson to me in this. How do you get grape juice? You crush the grape. And it's kind of what happened to Jesus, wasn't it? It's like he was crushed. But his blood atones for every one of us. Isn't that wonderful? All right. Now, we have two things you have to do before we sing and go downstairs for lunch, which you're welcome to stay for, by the way. And that is, what do we think of Jesus? Anybody here, gentlemen, you have a mic? Paul? Oh, Bill, would you do the honors rather than Paul? It's a little easier for to get around. Um, Paul or John? Uh, yeah, John. Raise your hand if you'd like to say something audio, audibly for us all to hear of your regard for Jesus. All right, just raise your hand. I'll come to you with a mic. Oh, come on now. Don't be bashful. (laughs) (laughs) Judy Dance, number one. All right. And they don't have to be long or elaborate or anything like this. What do you think of Jesus? I have a friend who doesn't know Jesus. And that friend is so miserable. And I tried to explain to her about Jesus, but she doesn't believe yet. But I honestly don't know what we would do without the care and the love and the graciousness and the grace, everything that God gives us. I don't know what it would feel like to be her. And I just praise the Lord. Amen. Jay, you're next. Uh, There's too many times in my life where I I forget the goodness and graciousness and love and patience uh, of Jesus and and God the Father. And uh, it's a wonderful experience to be able to come here and to see through others Jesus' love. And uh, it's just always an awesome it's an awesome time uh, to be here on Sabbath and to be refreshed. Amen. Anyone else? One up here in the front row. Bill. I have an online friend whose name is Helene, and she is uh, mentally ill severely, and she's been locked up since she was 23. She's 29 right now, and we were just talking uh, via Facebook one Sabbath morning, and she said how she had tried to strangle herself the night before, and <clears throat> and we talked about that, and she said this was 
just one of many attempts why she can't have scissors or knitting needles or anything like that. And while we were talking, I said, you know, Helene, you don't have to be the strong one because it's God who can be strong for you. And I said, one of my favorite Bible verses is Philippians 4.13. And we talked about what that actually means, that it means that God is the one in your life who is strong for you. And that's why you don't have to be, that's why you are strong. You're strong in Christ because he does it for you. And she said she had not been raised with the Bible because her parents wanted her to make the decision on her own when she was grown up about religious things. So I said, would you like me to send you a children's Bible? Because her first language is Norwegian, not English. And she said, I would love if you would send me that. And so I sent it to Norway, and she received it. And we also talked about um, my uncle Leslie and how he had been to Norway to sing for the, actually for the current queen. She's still the queen of Norway now. Commonalities, and I just felt like God opened up that relationship because um, she was really open to um, God. And she said since then she's joined a, a chat group online because she can never leave her room. She They don't even let, allow her to go outside. So she has been virtually a prisoner since she was 23. And she she struggles a lot, and she's joined this community that I'm in, and I um, talk to her a lot. But she really is, she, she texts me back and forth, and she says, I'm Helene, I'm the strong girl, because, you know, God can do it for me. So God is working in all of our lives around the world. And, and just because you're here in the Fox Valley Church, it doesn't mean that he can't use you to help somebody in Norway. So I just thank God that he used me a little bit, I hope, to help Helene. And if you could pray for her, that would be awesome. Amen. One more back there. Yeah. Um, I think when we're born, um, even though it's in sin, um, we are all given a certain amount of love uh, by God. And if you do things, if if you're exposed to things that affect your chemistry, um, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, totally leaves your body. And it, the emptiness, people just, a lot of people have never experienced a total withdrawal from God and painful. Um, it's just unbearable. Uh, you, you would just die Naturally, if you were able to comprehend it in its entirety, you would just fall over dead. Um, and some people have come close to that. And I would just um, like to say that many times we take for granted um, his love and the health that he does give us. And, and just to remember, you know, who he is and, and, and what it could be like without him. It's just horrible. Anyway, I'm just grateful for my life back, and um, that's all. Jeannie. I am incredibly um, thankful for the patience that God has with us. It has taken me a long time to realize that God has been calling me to change my life in certain areas, and it's not an easy change. It's not something that I would normally 
do. And um, because I think that's the selfishness inside of us. We want to do what we want to do. And um, he's rattled my chain several different times over the last several years. And I'm finally realizing he's trying to tell me something that is important for me. And I know that I'm not an individual person. This happens to probably every individual in this church sitting here. And if he hasn't rattled your chain in the past, he's, he probably will in the future. Because we are never perfect. Um, and we there will always be changes that the Lord wants us to make. And I, um, I feel very humbled that he's been so patient with me and that he, I can depend on him to do that up to the very end, that he'll love me that whole walk. Thank you. One more behind you, Paul. For those of you who are guests here, who you're going to hear speak now is my other half. When, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they felt that hopelessness, that shame, that utter, utter fear of being without God. And right away when God came, he gave them hope. He said there'll be limits on Satan's ability to deal with them. He'd give them cho- he would give them choice to serve him or not. Satan wouldn't be able to take over the world. And so I think of Jeremiah 21, 9, 11, which I think is such a great promise of of that hope we have, that we have a choice, and God has given it to us. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then I love this. This is him calling us. Then you will call upon me and I and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. He is going to bring me back. He's going to give me a desire to choose him and to be restored. Amen. Thank you. Gentlemen, you may come forward. Uh, yesterday, it, it never ceases to amaze me how God is so attentive to little details. I pulled in the parking place out in front of Menards, off, way off there. I have to walk away. And uh, I looked, and on my dashboard were four glow tracks. Anybody know what glow tracks are? Oh, yes. And it had been a, a little while, and I thought, why don't you? So I picked them up, put them in my pocket, and I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to show me who the four are. Went in, did some shopping, and, uh, and as I had just gone through the checkout lane, it hit me. You haven't given any of those tracks out yet. I said, okay, Lord, who are they? Who are they? And the lady who had just taken my plastic I said, oh, here's one. I said, you need something to read right here. She said, why, thank you, sir. And the lady on the next aisle over had kind of helped me too. And I went over. She was checking somebody. I put it beside her cash register. And I said, you need something to read. Thank you for helping me. And when you got nothing to do, no customers coming, you can read it. 
And I found two more, so the Lord showed me four individuals to connect low tracks with. I thought that was so neat. And uh, I think the Lord put in my heart, he had chosen those people from way back when to receive that little bit of truth. So anyhow, we have one more thing to do now before we, we sing a closing song. Do you remember, it was one morning, Jesus must have been, had people packed 12 deep around him, and here comes Jairus. What did Jairus do? He was at the local synagogue, B-I-P. And his little girl is sick unto death, and he finally comes to Jesus. And, and he says, Master, will you come, please? Put your hands on my little girl. She's almost She's so sick, she's, I'm afraid she's going to die. And Jesus said, sure, let's go. And as he turned to go, what happened next? This woman who'd had a sickness for so long, she said to herself, after all the stories she'd heard about the Savior, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be well. And she connected with the hem of his garment at that precise moment, and what happened to her? Please, she's well. And she knows it. How would you feel if you were her at that point? <laughs> wow. Sounds like jumping and floating all the way home, at least dancing a few uh, dances. Well, of course, Jesus at that point says, who touched me? And what did the disciples do? Duh, master, you've got to be kidding. In a crowd like this, who touched you? He said, somebody touched me. And they're thinking, yeah, sure, tell me. He thought, yeah, of course, dozens of people. Anyhow, Jesus knew and the lady knew. And he did this deliberately so she could express her faith like several of us just did. And she comes almost hesitantly frightened. And she says, that was me. And Jesus smiled and said, your faith made you whole. Go in peace, daughter. Well, as he's talking with her, what happens with Jairus? That's where he started this a moment ago. A messenger comes from his wife. Don't trouble the master anymore. She what? Just died. And at that point, what is Jairus telling himself? Kicking himself hard. Why didn't you come sooner? It's too late. Is it ever too late with Jesus. No, bless your heart. Anyhow, he's instantly there. He says, Jairus, don't worry. Just, just have faith. Just trust. Let's go. And they get to the place, and who's there? Oh, the mourners. What do mourners do? They mourn loudly. <laughs> you could hear them for blocks, and you can still today. Anyhow, Jesus says, shh, quiet. She's not dead. What? She's only sleeping. Huh? And they went from crying to laughing probably that quick. And he's out, 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 out. Out they went. He goes in and a few minutes later, he had her awake. And he says to the parents, well, she's hungry. Get her something to eat. (laughs) Why did he say she was sleeping and not dead? By the way, that's not the only time that happened. John, that's in Luke 8. John 11's got a story. He's with his disciples somewhere off there. And here comes a messenger. <laughs> he says, yes, master, the one you love is sick. 
who sent the messenger? Martha and Mary. Who was sick? Lazarus. And what did they say about Jesus? The one you love is sick. Now for scripture that Luke read a bit ago, Paul said, I delivered unto you as of first importance. Well, it's very important to learn. This is what I'm going to explain to you in just a moment what it means for Jesus, what it meant for him to die. But to know that other Jesus loves me, this I know. You know, churches, church people can get arguing and squabbling, right? Have you ever noticed that happening? <laughs> oh, boy, can we go after it? Well, anyhow, several years ago, there were three schools of thought in Seventh-day Adventism about what righteousness by faith was. Anybody remember a man by the name of HMS Richards Sr.? Yeah, well, somebody can't. He was at the campus of Andrews for one of these conferences about all of this, and they said, Brother Richards, what do you think about righteousness by faith? Well, he said, it's the only kind there is. <laughs> He had that right. Thank you, Brother Richards. Anyhow, it's important to know Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yes. But that didn't do any, any good. What did Jesus do? Turned back the disciples, kept on teaching them. And I wonder, did the messenger just kind of, guess I better go and turn and go? Maybe, only a couple days go by and Jesus says to the disciples, well, Lazarus has gone asleep and I'm going to go wake him up. And the disciples are, another one of those duh moments. The master doesn't connect, his wiring isn't hard, you know, screwed tight. And they said, master, if he's sleeping, he's getting better. Let him sleep. And what did Jesus say at that point? Lazarus is dead. And I'm really glad we all weren't there, you especially, because you are going to see what? The glory of God. Yes, you're going to read. Oh, my. And there he did it again, didn't he? What we call dead, he called what? Sleep. Well, why did he wait? Well, I thought about that. The best answer I found so far is, what is more spectacular? To, to raise somebody from a sick bed or get them out of the grave when they've been there four days? Obviously, they're gone. And when they come back out of that grave, wow, spectacular. I think the country talked about that for months afterwards. Well, anyhow, there are a couple of Greek words paraphrasing the Aramaic words that Jesus actually spoke. Koithudo and koimao, and that's the words Jesus used, and they talk about just kind of like you do in church, maybe. No. (laughs) There's another word, though. Matthew 26. They have left the upper room, and they're processing about a mile to the Garden of Gethsemane. I've walked on the very steps Jesus and the disciples went down. The very, very stones that he's trod on that night, I did too. 
Anyhow, on the way down, it's the full moon of Passover. And it says he began to be, well, one way of wording those Greek words is desolate and homeless. And then he says, and the disciples are looking at him very kind of frightened, and he said, almost can't get the words out, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. He didn't say sleep, did he? There's another word. William Cullen Bryant wrote a poem he called Thanatopsis, and that's a takeoff in the word thanatos, or apothnesko, die. I'm so sorrowful even to die. Jesus was saying something. Why Why was it he said everybody else that died was merely sleeping, but he was dying? Why did he say that? Well, it's very simple. In Isaiah 61, it, uh, one reference here. You can write that down and read it when you get home. It says what happens... I've got the wrong reference in my mind, and I didn't bring my notes, so I'll have to find it. I'll put it in my update this week, okay? This coming week, the right reference. But Isaiah wrote, your iniquities of what? Separated you from your father. He can't hear you. Now, Jesus said, I and the father are one, right? One. He said, I could ask, and he'd said, 12 legions of angels. But in Isaiah 53, it says, the Lord laid on him the iniquities of us all. When sin enters in, what happens to our relation with the Lord? It is broken. How long? Well, in Romans 1, 24, 26, and 28, It says, God gave them up. He doesn't lay a hand on them. He just separates himself from the sin forever. As Jesus approached the garden, the sins of all of us were going on him. And what was happening then to his relationship with the Father? Gone. Gone. And they took him... They nailed him on the cross, fastened him upright, and there he is. And he who said, I could call for, now cannot see through the tomb. And at one point, hanging there, he gasped out, my God, my God, what? Why have you forsaken me? Was Jesus breathing? Yes. Was he speaking? Yes. If you could call gasping words out, you could barely speak hanging on a cross like that. Barely. Yes. He was breathing, speaking. But was he dead? Yes. The book of Revelation speaks of the second death. Eternal separation from the Father. You know, at that point, Jesus couldn't look through the tomb. He couldn't see. He couldn't see his Father. He was desolate, homeless, abandoned forever, and the devil is pounding on him. 
you'll never see your father again. Ever, 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 Jesus. You might as well get off that cross. They're not worth it. Look at them. Where are they? The devil and Jesus is hanging there. And he's crying, gasping out, why have you forsaken me? It was because of our sins. At that point, Jesus begins to think of his father and his character. And he says to himself, if I never see him ever again, if we are never one, they will be. If they'll accept what I did, he will accept them. And they will have the relationship with Father that I once had. And that is enough. And by faith, he committed himself to the Father. And all of a sudden, what was the very next thing he cried out? Triumphant. It is finished. Father, what? Into your hands I commend my spirit. Who was he speaking to? The Father. What had happened to the separation? It had ended. There, folks, is the true resurrection from the second death while he was still hanging on the cross. And then he bowed his head And as Jesus would have said, what happened to him? He went to sleep. Jesus died both the second death and the first death on the cross. We may perish, die, go to sleep the first death. But you know what? Because Jesus went through that for us, we will never, ever die the second death. We are passed from death to life. And his death is what this service commemorated. And you can go home just totally at peace with joy in your heart, knowing, Father, I'll never have to say goodbye to you and you'll never have to say goodbye to me. Amen? All right. That is what it meant to die, and it is. First of all, as Brother Paul put it, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.